living stones offer sacrifices unto God. The second thing living stones do, according to uh, Peter's text this morning, is that they believe and they grow in God's house. Church, God's house is all about Jesus. It started with Jesus. It continues with Jesus. And it is going to continue on for all eternity with Jesus. We are here this morning because of Jesus. Peter describes Jesus as the living cornerstone of God's spiritual house. It is all built on Him. And Peter goes on to describe this cornerstone as a precious cornerstone. You know, I don't know a whole lot about building construction, but when it comes to the cornerstone, the cornerstone is the very most important stone in the foundation. It is time, labor, intensive. It's oftentimes the largest uh, stone of the building, but it is the most important stone. It has to be perfectly square. It has to be perfectly level because every other stone that butts up against this cornerstone is going to have to be square with that cornerstone because as you build a stone around the cornerstone, it is going to be a perfect building. But it starts with the cornerstone. And Peter says when it comes to God's spiritual building... Jesus is the cornerstone. And so as living stones, if you're going to be part of God's spiritual building, if you're going to be like the living stone, Peter says it starts with faith. It starts with believing. Look at verse 7. Peter says, So The honor is for you who believe. But for those who don't believe, it becomes a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. If you're going to be part of God's spiritual building, you've got to believe in all that Jesus said he is. Jesus is our Everything. He is the precious Son of God who died for each and every one of us. He took our sin upon Himself and allowed Himself to be crucified on a cross. And He gave His all. And it's His blood that covers all of our sin. And then three days later, Jesus conquered sin and death and came back to life from that grave. Now, that's a pretty amazing story. And in our postmodern generation, 
Boy, we look at that story with great suspicion. And if you're going to believe that story, my friend, you've got to come to him with childlike faith. Because when it comes to a child, a child has no problem believing that story. He, he or she believes everything there is to know about God or what, they, what people, their mom and dad tell them about God. But when we grow up, when we become smart and sophisticated, we think we're wiser than God. We look, we look at this story and we think to ourselves, well, this is just man's personal opinion. Jesus couldn't possibly have been God. God would not have allowed himself to be crucified and we just allow ourselves to stumble all over this cornerstone. We can't earn our salvation. We simply have to come to him with childlike faith and belief. And when you do, you become part of of God's spiritual building. Like, or like the living stone, Jesus Christ. This morning we are going to hear uh, the testimony of a, a young young man this morning who uh, is has committed his life to Christ and now uh, wants to be baptized publicly. And it happens to be my grandson this morning, Preston Elwell. And he's put a video together of his testimony. And so if we can turn the lights off right now, let's uh, listen to his testimony, and then we will baptize Preston. Three years ago, when I was six, I wanted to add Jesus into my heart. I knew we were all sinners and that we were not all perfect. We need Jesus to wash away all our sins. I waited a while to get baptized because I was afraid of being watched by so many people. Since becoming a Christian, Jesus has helped me when, when I'm scared, when I have nightmares, or when we're having earthquakes. Now I look forward to have a life with Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Preston and, and Dad. Preston. Dad's going to baptize Preston this morning, so come on over here. Uh, Frederick, let's turn the camera over on the baptistry so people online can watch. And little sister's going to go over and watch too. Where is Preston's towel? <laughs> go ahead and get in, Preston, and uh, just put one leg... No, it should be fine. Just straddle that. So face me, okay? One, light, one leg on one side and the other leg on the other. Yep, there you go. Go ahead and sit on that box. All right, okay. And, Dad, you come over here because you're going to be baptizing Preston. Well, Preston, based upon your profession of faith in Christ... It is your dad's privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. All right.
Let's pray for Preston this morning. Father, I thank you for this young man and, and Lord, how he's uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of who you are in his life. And uh, Lord, I, uh, how he's stood up for us this morning and have, has shared with us the, his decision to follow Jesus and Jesus, how you are helping him with uh, all of his struggles that he has in his personal life. And God, we're all here, and we have, we can all testify that we get scared about different things. But uh, we know that, Jesus, that you are there for us. So we just pray that you would continue to encourage him in his walk with you. But thank you for this opportunity we've had to celebrate his act of obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, again, if you've never been scripturally baptized, and uh, when we say scripturally baptized, we believe uh, baptized by full immersion, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, follow uh, the Lord Jesus in that act of obedience. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. When we come to Christ in faith and surrender our lives to him, believing that he died for our sin, rose from the grave, uh, that's when we're saved. That's when his blood covers us from all of our sin. But obedience is just a testimony uh, of standing before God's people, testifying that you are a follower of him. If you've never publicly done that, we want to encourage you to do that in the days ahead. Let us Let us know. Um, how we can help you in that. But over and over again, Jesus takes us back to Jesus. It's all about him. And why? Because of his saving grace in our life. We are a chosen race. There is only one name under heaven and earth where we can be saved, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. There's no other person or thing that can renew, restore, recharge, make whole again, save. It's only Jesus. And so my question to you this morning is, what have you been relying on for your salvation? Is it your 401k? Is it your job? Is it whoever is in political office? I I hope you don't think it's your pastor. Because if you do, you're in real trouble. There is only one person who will never, ever fail us. God, yeah. Jesus. He will always be there for us. The church, church, living stones, is all about Jesus. And we must believe this. And we must grow in this. We live in a hostile world. And Peter says that Jesus is our living 
hope. And church, we need His house. And when we fully participate in God's spiritual building, you know what? We are fulfilling God's will for our life. We are not here to satisfy our own personal preferences. No, it is all about Jesus and what he wants to do in and through us. He is our living hope. He is our cornerstone. And if we're going to make it as exiles in this hostile world, if we're going to persevere to the very end, guess what? You need to be a part of God's spiritual building. You need this time of truth. You need to be participating in being a spiritual sacrifice. You need to be exhorted to live for Him because you belong to Him. You need to be reminded of the fact that as as priests, you need to be living holy lives. You need to be reminded of the fact that in this life, you are going to have pain and suffering. This life is not easy. And as God, God allows us to go through those times of suffering, Peter reminds us that he's building our faith. Peter encourages us as we go through suffering that we need to learn to rejoice because God is using this in my life. And instead of getting mad at him, I just need to trust him. He sees what I can't. And I just need to keep going through it. Knowing that I'm going to be a better person on on the other end. God's word tells us these things. Verse 9 says that we are a people for his own possession. That's that's in reference to Exodus chapter 19 as God was describing his relationship with Israel. Church, we're like Israel. We are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a people for his own possession. If you go back to chapter 19, verse 6 of Exodus, it says he also includes treasured possession. And so in God's eyes this morning, friend, you are treasured. If you're going through a time of suffering right now, you're his child, you believe, God has not abandoned you. He knows exactly what you're, he's doing. and You are treasured. You are the apple of his eye. He keeps you. And he's not going to let you go. And so, as Paul, does, Peter says in verse 9, Proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is corporate language. 
we collectively as living stones with God's house being built upon the living stone, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, we are to proclaim His excellencies. And so let's stand and let's sing again. Let's worship the living stone, our cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Stand with me, please, as we worship. And looking very quickly at the last point of Peter's letter to us as living stones. Living stones offer sacrifices to him. Living stones uh, believe and grow in the grace and knowledge of who uh, Jesus is. And number three, living stones live holy lives. In verses 11 and 12, uh, let me just read that passage again. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when we speak against you as evildoers, as when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on that day of visitation. Peter encourages you and I not to allow the world to conform us to their values. We live in a hostile, God-forsaken world, and it seems to be getting worse and worse. And Paul tells us again, let me go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we renew our minds? We renew our minds through truth, through what the Word of God says. And God has given us uh, the third person of the Trinity. When we come to faith, when we believe in what Jesus has done with us, to for us, the Bible says that we are sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is there to help us to understand God's truth, to give us spiritual insight when we read His Word. And we need to fill our mind, church, with the truth of who God is and what He says He has done and how He wants us to live our life. You know, all that we've exercised here this morning, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and, and the church, if, if God hadn't given us that gift, we would hear none of this truth anywhere else throughout the world in our day-to-day living. We need this place. God knew that you were going to need this place and he wants you to be in this place to be reminded of how he wants you to live your life. 
He wants us to live holy lives, not like the world, but to become more and more like the person of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we, verse 10, we live in a world that is waging war against our soul. We are getting bombarded by the enemy each and every day. And some people are losing the battle. I saw a Facebook post by a 30-something individual this week that said, my generation is going to more funerals today than they are weddings. There is an epidemic of suicides going on today, church. Because there is a battle being waged against our soul. And Christians are not immune to this battle. There was another pastor who committed suicide this week here in Southern California. Uh, About 18 months ago, there was a senior pastor in Chino who had taken his own life. And now uh, Jared Wilson of a Harvest Christian Church, a glorious church in Riverside, uh, took his life this week. Church, just because we go to church, just because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, doesn't mean that we are immune to the warfare that is in and around us. And I don't have an explanation as to why Jared took his life. Jared was um, very honest about the fact that he uh, struggled with uh, suicidal thoughts. In fact, he oversaw the the ministry of uh, emotional and spiritual health at Harvest Community Church. But what Jared did, I mean, he struggled. He, he, He struggled emotionally. And there are a lot of people in the church who struggle emotionally. And as Christians, we shouldn't live in denial about that. I struggle emotionally. But I don't consider taking my life. But you know how I take care of my personal emotions? Food, as you can tell. And now I have to do something about it again. But we all have struggles. And guess what? Food is not my answer. And when I allow food to be my answer, I suffer the consequences, as you can tell. There is only one person who's going to save. And that is the person of Jesus Christ. And we have got to put our hope in Him. And if you struggle emotionally and spiritually, God doesn't want you to live your life in isolation. 
Again, we are living stones. God is building his spiritual building. He is growing, the Bible says, his spiritual building. You know how he grows living stones? Through the word of God. It goes back to Jesus again. We have got to go back to the truth. As Jeff talked about last week, as newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that you might grow in your salvation and taste and see that the Lord is good. Told Jeff this morning, you know what Jeff is? Learned this uh, last week. You know what I am? Lori Ochoa, you know what I am? I am a lactation consultant. (laughs) We help people long for the pure milk as newborn babes. Long. It's only, it's only the word of God, church, that God is going to help you to grow as living stones. And so this church is all about Jesus. This church is all about his word. And that's where we need to place our faith and our hope. Like I said a little early, if you're if you're putting your faith and hope in your pastor, you're putting your faith in the wrong place. Because I'm going to fail you. I hope I don't fail you, but I may very well disappoint you. But God will never disappoint. We need, God knew that you would need the church. And he made you one of the living stones so that you could give all of yourself to him through this place that we might proclaim corporately and to the world all that God has done for us and only because of his grace. There's nothing about you or I that we can boast about. It's all Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to exercise the text this morning. To offer sacrifices. To be a pleasing aroma that God that you will find acceptable God I pray for hearts in this place that they would make your spiritual building priority in their life not just one of convenience and that they'll show up when it's convenient but they'll see the importance of of their presence here each and every week. And the fact that 
Lord, as living stones. We leave here this morning knowing that we need to live holy lives and we can't live holy lives in and of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus. So thank you, Father, for this reminder. Now this morning, Lord, as we sing this last song, we need you and you alone. Would you stand with me, please, as we sing song, Lord, I need you.